Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be able to sow into you, to build you up in what Christ has done. You know, I think about what we're doing, and, you know, we're, we're enjoying the salvation that we have in Christ, but we're also looking at the state of the world, realizing we need to be effective at announcing the victory of the kingdom. You know, because God's not worried. God is not worried. It's not like God is sitting in the eternal realm trying to figure out how to fix what we've broken. You know, like, like sometimes I think we have this view of God like it's like it's hard for him to get things done because the enemy's so strong in this earth. And it's like, no, if he wanted to, boom, perfection all again. Why doesn't he do that? Because he gave us this planet. That, that's really the simplest answer. It's so simple, you got to go to seminary and get a four-year degree to complicate it. (laughs) The reason the planet is in the state that it's in is because God gave us control over it for a while, and we introduced sin and death. That's the answer. It just is. And so everything else in between is us connecting with Him. His kingdom is on the inside of us, those who believe, and we are to go out and announce the victory of His spiritual eternal kingdom. And those who have a heart for it and believe can experience the benefits of it now on this earth. Jesus prayed, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not God determining the quality of your life now. He's already given you everything that he has to give you in Christ. That doesn't mean he's inactive, sitting there doing nothing. He's in an interaction with us. He's leading us. He's guiding us. He's involved in the affairs of mankind. But... He's not manipulating all the little things of this life. And I say this all the time, but I feel like it just needs to be said over and over and over because we amen that in church, but then when we go out into our lives and something happens, we start wondering, what did I do? Why, why am I doing, what happened for God to allow this? If you have the view of God that every single little thing in your life happens because God's allowing it to happen to teach you a lesson, or for some reason, it's no wonder there's so much confusion in the body of Christ. I'm just, it's just true. It just is. And that's, and look what we've done. But the good, the power and glory that he is in that eternal dimension. And, and, and so, so for me, Faith, walking by faith, living out Christianity is not trying to get to him. It's not trying to get more holy, get more righteous, get him to respond to me. It's to live in that which he's already done on the inside of me, to live out of that naturally. I mean, that, that, that's, that's the struggle is to believe fully in what he's done in you through Christ. And if you could fully grasp that, all of us, if we could fully grasp the work that he's done inside to change us, to take that body of sin out, to take that root of sin out and put in his spirit in a new heart, man. And, uh, you know, if you're tired of hearing it, sorry. 
I just, I, I just, I get up here, I open my mouth, it's what comes out. Because <laughs> we need to hear it. I need to hear it. You need to hear it. Amen? Amen? Because the solution for the world is still the church until the kingdom is fully revealed and God restores everything. Whatever happens in between now and the end, there is an end. You know, I'm not... People are like, well, what is your eschatology? Uh, the kingdom wins. That's my eschatology. Whatever happens between now and then, I'm not that worried about it. I'm not a fatalist looking for everything to fall into the fire and death and destruction. The kingdom is glorious and powerful because God's in it. Amen? Man, if we could just believe. I believe. You know, we don't plan, we don't, we don't have a, we don't sit down and plan the music with the theme of the message and all that kind of stuff, but it is uncanny how often it dovetails together. This, uh, and even, even what Philip was saying, um, this is a passage that we're, we were, I wasn't going to start here, but I just want you to see. This is in the New Living Translation. I've kind of been going, anybody read the New Living Translation? You like the New Living Translation? Yeah. Does that mean you don't like it or you kind of read it? or Sometimes, right? Okay, that's something. Yeah. I, I love the New Living. It's not the most academic. It is a paraphrase. In other words, it's not a direct one-for-one -one translation. So, you know, you don't necessarily, when you're working out doctrine, you don't really necessarily go to a, a paraphrase like this. But the way that things get put in modern English oftentimes make more of an impact than the the linear, you know, the King James, a lot of that stuff, they stripped the emotion out of it because they were just trying to leave the truth, right? But you, you lose a lot of the emotion, and, and I love this. This is Psalm 37, verses 23 and 24 in the New Living. It says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Isn't that interesting? Though they stumble, anybody ever stumble? They will never fall for the Lord holds them by the hand. What a beautiful picture. Did you hear that in the first song? Where's Chris? I know they always step out and refresh. Or he's probably serving in kids' church, actually. Y'all need to serve for kids' church, because a lot of times these people step off the stage and go back there. <laughs> anyway, that went over like a lead balloon. <clears throat> But where, what I wanted to talk about today is this idea of the witness within. God, confer, God confirms our sonship and guides our steps. He confirms your sonship, your identity as a child in him, and he guides your steps. You know, because here it says that he directs the steps of the godly. And unfortunately, when we hear phrases like that, the godly, we inst and when I say we, I mean the church in general, and we're working to deprogram this kind of thinking out of our lives. But to be godly, performance and behavior is a fruit, but it's more about nurturing and cultivating this relationship, understanding who and what you are and living out of that, right? And that's what I want to talk about today. I just want to address this idea of what do I do? You ever ask that question? What do I do? What do I do here? God, what do I do? What do I do? I mean, it's not a bad question, but if you know who you are, you'll know what to do. In any given situation, if you know who you are, dealing with your finances, if you know you're a child of God, you know God's principles on finances, it will birth out of you naturally what to do with your relationships, with your calling, with your job, with your home, with your cars, 
all the stuff that, you know, you know, we're not that complicated. Everybody needs food, clothing, shelter, relationships, and we want to live with a sense of meaning and purpose. And it's just, we're just not that complicated. We're really not. If years of counseling has taught me anything, you're not that special. <laughs> you're just a same old, same old kind of person as the person sitting right next to you. Including in your problems, because we have a, we, we're really good at thinking that our problems are incredibly unique. And they're just not. I'm just telling you, they're not. You're going through the same stuff that all the other people around you are going through too. And, how, and, and, and it's just not. We are a bunch of strangers trying to get along as a family, believing the lie that we're disconnected. I'm, and I say this a lot. I said, I said this a few weeks ago, and I, it really hit home. A few people came up to me and said, I think that was, you really were talking to me. But this idea that, that you feel like you don't fit in, you know, if those of you have been around for a little while, if you're calling this your home church, some of you still feel like, God, I just don't really fit in. You know, they, they got that and they got that, but I'm kind of over here. Let me just tell you, everybody feels that way. Everybody feels that way. And so it's up to you to get over that. Just don't feel that way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Let's be, let's be adults. Let's not, let's not let our insecurities cause us to isolate and retreat and disconnect and lose the opportunity, the power that's in the opportunity of connection and being the church together. Because it's when we love each other as a testimony to the world that we follow him. So part of knowing what to do and knowing who you are is being able to connect to a body of people and let them love on you. Let them love you out of your weirdness. <laughs> out of your strangeness, out of your trauma and your hurt, out of your isolation. I mean, somebody's even sitting there telling themselves, no, you, no I, I really, my situation really is different. It's just not. It's, it's really just not. I feel like I could call you out, but I'm not going to. But it, it's just not. You are a person, just like everybody else working toward the same things. I'm just kind of letting the Holy Spirit do his work inside. Amen? Amen. And, and I, I mean, I get, I, I'm sure you know why I'm, I'm saying that. It's, it's because, you know, man, the enemy is, is divisive. Even if the enemy is your own self-image and self-worth, how you feel about yourself. Sometimes that's a bigger enemy than those lying spirits that try to lie to you. What you tell yourself. In fact, you will, only listen to the lie, you will only listen to the lying spirits if you already have that sense or that propensity inwardly to believe those things. I mean, if the enemy comes at you to tempt you with something that's not already a struggle for you, it's not a problem. You just blow it off, right? Might not be the best example, but uh, you know, if the enemy comes and says, hey, Hans, why don't you walk over there and open that door and just start slamming the door on your head? Why don't you try that? It doesn't sound very appealing, right? But whatever your pet sin is, if he comes, and mm, because we're already moving in that direction, then it's uh, a struggle. Well, you're under the spotlight. I just threw you right on out there, didn't I? <laughs> so, unfortunately, the body of Christ 
oftentimes, those of us that believe that God is active speaking to us, how many of you believe that you can hear God speak to you? Yeah. So what we do then is we couch that relationship in information. God, what do I do? What am I supposed to do here? Would you tell me this bit of information so that I then feel complete and I can then move? Like we think it's an ignorance issue. We think it's, we, don't, we don't have the right information. And it, it's just not that. Listen, I'm telling you, when you have boldness and confidence in an area but lack information, you will move. You will move forward. You will take steps. And most likely you will see some type of success even if you have to course correct. But if you're sitting there waiting for the information, you don't see yourself. You, you know, we have this picture on the inside of ourselves. It's a self-portrait, and it's painted right on our hearts. God's painted one that looks just like Jesus, and we're trying to paint over it. And, and what we do is when we face life, we look, and we look at that image, and we say, okay, well, who am I in this situation here? Whether it be praying for somebody and see a miracle, whether it be properly handling your finances for the future, picking the right kind of job, picking the right kind of spouse, you know, the areas that we just all live in, whatever situations and decisions you need to make, we all do that. We look right there, and oftentimes the brushes that paint that image are the hurts from the past and the trauma and the words and the emotions and the feelings. Sometimes even the pride, the self-righteousness, the conceit, the where we think we're doing pretty good, that's a brush too. We paint that stuff and you look and you think, oh yeah, I know, I know who I am here. And God's going, mm-mm, that ain't who you are. That's how God gets you out of sin. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no. And we're like, mm-hmm. Because that's who you think that you are. You think you are the kind of person that makes that decision, good or bad, life or death. You make the decisions that mirror your self-image. So it's not about getting the information from God that you're lacking. It's knowing who you are. And knowing who you are means you know Him. And yes, you know His ways in that area. That's why you got to get the Word in there. you got to know the Word. And, and I, I, I love, I love everybody. But if you're not putting the word in, I don't know what to tell you. Honestly, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to help you grow and break through in that area that you're limited if you are not willing to engage the word and willing to engage the word with the intention to put it into practice. You know, we're, do, we're doing, I, I apologize, I didn't kind of set it up sooner, but on, on May 1st, I just kind of felt like, hey, let's just do Proverbs together and, and just started it. And a lot of people are engaging, a lot of people that are online. I appreciate the online people. We, you know, we, we, <clears throat> we, we love the online community because a lot of them, this actually really is their church, you know. And so we're, we're just looking at ways to continue to engage and, and minister to and disciple because that's what we want to do is disciple. We want this to be a path of discipleship. It's mostly believers that come into this church. It's a ministry that's used to set people free from performance-centered religion, detox from that lifelong performance Christianity, get us to walk in the authority and the power that we have, you know. That's mostly how we're used. And there's a lot of people out there that don't have a church that will teach them that stuff, so they engage online. So... You know, when you pray for this body, pray for them as well, and, and we love them. 
So it, it's, it's not about getting the right information from God. It's about knowing who you are. So I just wanted to go walk through a few passages here and just show you how God feels about you. This is how God thinks about your future. So when you are facing life, when you're wanting to move more in power toward others, you want to step into your calling, you want to level up your financial state, you got health issues that you're dealing with and breaking through, you know, whatever those areas that we want to bump up and break through for the sake of experiencing what Jesus has paid for for us to experience, but then also to help others and however you're, you're all discipling other people, whether you realize it or not. You just are. And, and we had Mother's Day last week. Was that last weekend? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was trying to bring some good news in that. It's not, you don't have to do everything perfect. You just have to be a disciple yourself. And you're not going to do that perfectly. But your kids learn more by watching you than what you tell them. I'm pretty convinced of that at this point. Because I'm pretty sure they just don't listen to what you tell them. <laughs> but they watch you. So this is just, just kind of framing where we're going. Here's a few passages to keep in mind. This is 2 Corinthians 1.20. Uh, for all the promises... Of it, so rem remember, this is what we're talking about. The witness within, God confirming our sonship, and guiding our steps. If you want God to guide you, uh, sow into the relational aspect of who you are in, in the Father, who you are in Christ. Amen? So in other words, it's less about what am I supposed to do and becoming more confident in who I am, and that informs the doing. Are you with me? Because even if you know the steps often, you don't take them because you don't feel like the kind of person that will take that step. And the Word conditions your mind and your heart to believe who you are. And then you just naturally do that which you think that you are. And so what we're trying to do is believe here and in our hearts who we actually are in our spirits. It almost always comes back to that. But so in pursuing that, um, you keep in mind a few things. 2 Corinthians 1.20. I, I quote this all the time, but we don't display it all the time. 2 Corinthians 1.20 for all. Say all. all. All the promises of God are yes. Say yes. yes. Not maybe. Not in the right timing. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's good. If Jesus paid for it, it's yours now. In other words, if it's in the atonement, if it's forgiveness, if it's, if, if it's healing, if it's wisdom, all that stuff is available now. Now, there is seed time and harvest, and I'm not going to go into all that. Let's just keep going. <laughs> all yes. And so through him, our amen is spoken to the glory of God. When we, the, the amen means foundationally we're in the same place. We're, we're working from the same foundation. You're reinforcing that which was just spoken. It's not just I agree with that. It's I agree with that to the point that I'm actually going to put that into practice. Oh, I was going to say this. Engaging the word, you know, we, we bought this umbrella and it had a few pieces and I pull out the instructions. And so I, why did I read the instructions? So I know how to put it together. I mean, I could have just tried to put it together, and I probably could have figured it out. But it's like, okay, I have an intention here. I want that thing to keep us from getting cooked this summer. It has a purpose. I intentionally am reading this because I'm going to take a step. If you will make a shift and read Scripture that way, not 
instructions of how to make God happy, not instructions of how to get better or get something from God, but for you to take an, a step with it, to put it into practice, because you already are in Him. But if you would approach Scripture and when you put it down, you leave with, okay, today this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do differently. That's repentance. Repentance is, I've been thinking this way. Scripture says this. I'm not doing that. I'm going to go this way, whether it be sin or not. You know, we need to repent from everything, not just sin. The way that we're thinking, right? Because that's what it's about, to have a change of mind. Read Scripture, like engage it. When you open it, already to have it in your mind, I'm going to put this into practice. I'm going to take a step based on whatever it instructs me in here. And it's not just the doing, it's living in a way that's in harmony with how God created. So all those promises are yes and amen. Here's another one, 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to read 2 through 4. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Um, and his, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything you need for life and godliness has already been given to you. Now, it's in spirit and it's in seed form to manifest as you believe and as you walk with him, not to perform it out. That's, that, that's the working out of your own salvation with fear and trembling. Is So like, like if you were to attach that analogy to a seed, a seed works out its own tree. It breaks through the soil. It digs the roots deep. It, the time and patience to grow and then fruit and all, all the processes of a seed growing. This is, this is why you already have it, but you don't see it in your life yet because it's in spirit form, but it's trying to grow. Listen, everything that you need from God, everything that you will ever need from God is in Christ, actually is Christ, Christ is in you, and if you nurture that seed, it will grow into whatever it is you think you need to ask God for that you think He's withholding from you. God is withholding no good thing from you. He's already given you everything. Everything you need for life, it's in you because Christ is in you. Our, our problem is we don't believe that Christ is enough. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have, uh, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. God's made you promises. All of them are yes and amen. Amen? That through these, th this, is, this is what's mind-boggling to me, that through these, so when you receive and inherit the promises that are already in you in Christ, in other words, they manifest into your life, which is a faith thing, you believing unto manifestation, you become a partaker of the divine nature. I, I don't even know if we grasp that. But he's made you promises so that you would be a partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption, and that corruption got in the world through lust. Framing up a few things, and I'm going to read this one again, Psalm 37, 23, because we're trying to figure out, how do we do this, God? What am I supposed to do? How do I live my life? What, am I do? what do I do here? What do I do there? What do I do here? What do I do there? 
You got to know all those promises are yes and amen. He's given you everything that pertains unto life and godliness. He delights in every detail of your life, but he leads the godly. Who are the godly? The godly that are trusting him. It's, all, it's about faith. Actions should follow faith, of course, but you don't, godliness is not something that you do to then earn the right for God to tell you what to do. <laughs> Did that make sense? Yeah. Godliness is not something that you check the box off of in your behavior, and then God says, okay, now go this way. Godliness is about, do you really see yourself in this way? Do you think that in every situation, no matter what, God has already given the answer to you? In, like when Paul, Paul prayed. Those of you that are familiar with this story, Paul prayed three times for this thorn to be removed, and God said, my grace is sufficient for you. That was not God saying to Paul, no, you need to suffer in this a little bit. That was, no, Paul, what you need is my spirit working on the inside of you. You need my divine influence on your heart to overcome this situation. Not, nah, you, you know, just grace it through. I feel like I'm saying a lot. Everybody good? That's good. <clears throat> All right. Next verse here, Psalm 25, 4. This is David praying, and this is where we are. Uh, show me the right path, O Lord. You ever prayed that? How many of you need to see the right path? Seriously, raise your hand. It's like, okay, I got a path. What do I do? Uh, point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me. For you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. You're putting your hope in him. You, you, you legitimately are putting your hope in him. And you're sitting there going... What do I do? I wish you'd just tell me what to do. I wish you'd just point this step out. But if you were the kind of person that knew what to do in that situation, you wouldn't think that. Right? Like, you don't wake up in the morning, go sit in your car, and go, man, how do I do this? What am I supposed to do? How do I get to work? You already know how to drive. You already know the road, the route, right? I submit to you, you already know what step to take. You just don't know that you know because you don't have the confidence in who you are actually in that moment already. So it's not about trying to get God to tell you the step. It's you being confident in who you are in Him. And when you're confident in your sonship, then you believe you're the person that just makes the right kind of decision in that situation. Especially if you've taken the time to renew your mind and the beliefs of your heart with what He says about that area of life, then it just comes, you don't even question the, no, this, this is just what a child of God does right here. This is what a child of God who knows that all his promises are yes and amen, that he's already given me everything, he's not withholding anything from me, that he's equipped me to be an ambassador for his kingdom. He's moving heaven and earth to bring blessing and favor into my life. Yeah, I might go through some difficult times, but he's even with me then, and that's for the, for the Lord's namesake. He's not doing that to me, but if I'm patient through it, I won't lose sight of his hand that's right there with me the whole time. I mean, think about, honestly, think about that. What if you were confident that you were the kind of person that knew what to do in whatever the situation is in that you're trying to figure out what to do? Somebody knows what to do. Are you with me? Like, think about that. Maybe even identify that area. Most of you raised your hands when I said, are you trying to figure out what to do? So think about that area for just a moment. And then think about what would somebody that knows what to do in that situation do? 
I know that's like we just jumped into that real quick, but I'll give you that. This is kind of a meditative exercise that you can do. You can sit down by yourself, get quiet, identify the area of life that you're seeking to make that decision in, and think through either, did Jesus do anything about this? Is there something that he did that I'm not quite experiencing? And just settle it in your heart that it's already there. He's not withholding. He's not trying to make your life hard with it not being there. Just, just already, just get that kind of thinking out of your head. Just repent from that stuff. And then think, okay, somebody that knows what to do in this situation, what does that person do? It's, it's interesting when you kind of shift where you're thinking from. I know I've ran through that quick. Maybe, maybe we'll walk through that in a, we'll do that in Equip this week or whenever the next one is. I think it's two weeks, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do some meditative exercises from identity to face a particular situation. So all you guys that raise your hand, come to Equip, and you'll get your answer. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm kind of teasing on that. But anyway, we'll, we will do a little bit of meditative exercising on uh, for the purpose of direction, a surety of direction, because it's what he says. He says he's doing it. All right, now, here's a few. This is in Proverbs. We've been walking through Proverbs. This is standing out to me this, these, this couple of weeks. Proverbs 16, 20. Whoever heeds instruction will find success, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Why will you find success if you heed his instruction? That means listen, in case you're wondering to listen to. He just graduated high school. He just graduated high school. He knows what heeds. You know what heeds mean? He's good. <laughs> but so think about it. Think about it. Why would those who heed God's instruction find success? Why? God knows how to be successful. Yeah. Because it's truth. Because what He wants, it's what He wants for you. Why, when you listen to God's instructions, does it lead you to success? Those are all, I like all those. I, I'm not going to say that there's one single answer, but it's because it's, that's, that's what he wants. Like when you, when God, God is not going to lead you into death and destruction. God is going to lead you into life and peace. You can trust God. He has your best interest at heart. The kind of father that he is, he wants good things for you. It's, it's, it's not that complicated, but it can be profound when you realize God only wants good things for me. Now, again, this world's broken. We're going to die. We're all going to die. It's coming, and sometimes it's going to hurt. But that's just because sin and death are in the earth, you know? Disease, famine, sickness, war, poverty. That's not God's design. That's not God's plan. That's what we've done. And, and you might even be in Actually, I'm going to get to that. Let's keep going. Say, keep going. Keep going. Okay, thank you. I think I will, yeah. All right, the reason you'll find success when you listen to God, because that's what he wants for you. It's just not that complicated. But why is it not always working? I just submit to you, it's because you aren't confident that that's who you are to make the kind of decision that God's leading you into in that moment. Now, I know that's a little clunky to say that, and I'm not, I can't put a bow tie on that for you. 
Like I can't give you the seven points for that point. In, in other words, you got to do the work to get in that relationship between you and the Father to assure your sonship, your daughterhood in Him. Because when you're confident in who you are, you'll make the godly decision and it will lead you into success. We need to reassure that confidence. Does that make sense? All right, so this is still uh, Proverbs 16, and, and there's a few passages here. Um, 1, 2, 3, and 9. So Proverbs 16, 1, The plans of the heart belong to man, but the reply of the tongue is from the Lord. Now, see, uh, before the old, in the Old Covenant, the heart of man was wicked and deceitful. No good thing was in there. But if you're a believer in Christ, if you've said yes to Jesus, you have a new heart. Say, I have a new heart. You have a new core, the inner man, the thing that defines the kind of being that you are. God removed the root of sin and he put a new heart and his spirit in there. You are betrothed or married or joined to God eternally. And the, the deepest part of the kind of being that you are now is like God. And when you experience the promises outside in the rest of your life, it's so that you're a partaker of that divine nature that's already in you. In spirit, you're already joined to God. You're not God. You're not going to become a God, but He made the decision to join you to Himself when you said yes to Jesus. So out of that, when you follow that instruction, you then experience the success in this life. But it's not guaranteed. Healing, even though He paid for it, it's 100% yours. Healing, provision, guidance, wisdom, prosperity, all that stuff. It's your right as a child of God. But the reason we're not experiencing it is because we don't know that we're a child of God and we're not making decisions into life as those children. We're making the decisions as orphans or broken people or hurt people or thinking that we're still wicked and, and God hates us. And man, we got a lot of work to do as the body of Christ to get believers to believe, to, to just believe who God really is. So when you hear this, this is not a contradiction that, well, you're evil, you're worthless, you can no good thing in you, but God, you know, it's not, like, it's not like a contradiction. It can be if you're not in alignment with who you are in Him, if you're not in agreement with His Word. So being godly has more to do with trusting and believing Him than it does your performance. Trust and belief will produce the behavior. Are you with me? I'm not trying to invalidate the need for good fruit in your life but it doesn't start there. That's the fruit. So the plans of the heart belong to man, but the reply of the tongue is from the Lord. Let me read these and I'm going to kind of put this together. All a man's ways are pure in his own eyes, but his motives are weighed out by the Lord. You want this. You want the Lord to weigh the motives of your heart. It's not fun sometimes. It's not painful. I mean, it's, it's painful sometimes, not because he's going to judge you or punish you, but because if you're acting this way and then he says, mm -mm, that's not who you are, this is who you are. And you're like, oh, man. And you know what I'm talking about? You ever felt the, oh, man. And it's like, why? Why, why? why am I thinking that way? Why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why am I still in this situation? Because you, you know you're better than that. Not because of you, because of what he's done in you. So he's weighing the motives. And if you don't let him weigh the motives of your heart, not for salvation, not for blessing, but to make sure that your heart's in alignment with him so that you will experience that which he's put on the inside of you. 
Allow him to weigh the, allow him to search your heart. Allow him to do that deep work in there to correct your thinking, to correct your behavior based on your sonship. We're getting there. So commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be achieved. What a promise. Proverbs 16, 3, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be achieved. How many of you have ever made plans that were not achieved? (laughs) Every one of us. Everybody. Uh, Why? I would submit to you. So so then verse 9, a man's heart plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. You can see a contradiction in that, like your heart might be wanting something different from God, but he wants you to go this way. But it could also be, what if your heart is in alignment? You read that differently. You think, okay, Lord, this is, what I, this is the direction that I want to go. And he says, okay, well, here's the steps how to get there. That's what's happening. But if your heart is not in alignment, if you don't think like he thinks, if you don't know who you are in him, it's not about the information, it's about your identity. When you know and you have the confidence that you're the kind of person that succeeds in that area, you're going to just make the decisions naturally without even having to think about it. Did you know that you could get to a place where when you make decisions, you don't have to second guess if it was the right one? How wonderful would that be? Are y'all thinking? Are you hungry? (laughs) Think about that. Think about if you just made a decision in terms of this is what I feel like God's leading me to do, and you just were confident in it. And you didn't wonder, second guess, and you didn't, you didn't base it on the immediate fruit because it's birthed out of knowing I'm one with God. All his promises are yes and amen. He's already given me everything that pertains to life and godliness. I'm a child of God. I'm delivered from the power of darkness. By his stripes, I'm healed. I have the mind of Christ. If I just ask for wisdom, it's there. Christ is made unto me wisdom, sanctification, and redemption. I mean, you're just hardwired spiritually now to see to succeed. Not just for your personal gain, but to shine brightly as the result of what God does in a human. So the world looks and says, wow. <laughs> I knew that person. So I would say, verse 3, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be achieved if, verse 2, you allow the Lord to weigh your motives. It's not a guarantee that your plans will be achieved. But it is if you're in alignment with Him. Because whatever He desires, unhindered by human will, will come to pass. You know not everything that God wants comes to pass, right? He desires that none should perish. But some will perish, even though God desires that none should perish. That's his will. But he doesn't get it because mankind has authority. So allow him to weigh the motives. Now, this is, this is kind of the conclusion we're coming to here. Romans eight sixteen. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. And if heirs, heirs of God. And if heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. 
this is this is like it just gets better and better and better and better. We read that and we rush right through it, but it's actually several different layers here. Uh, we're children. So if you're a child, you're an heir. You inherit something from God. What do you inherit? You inherit God and to the degree that you're a joint heir with Jesus. You get everything Jesus got. All things are pertaining to the life and God. has already been given to you, so you'd be a partaker of his divine nature. Like I know you know these things, but I'm telling you, man, you just got to get this as your natural thinking when it's time to make a decision. Now, it does say, if indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. The suffering that it's talking about is just remaining in the faith. This is not, so it's, the suffering that it's talking about is for his name's sake. In other words, sharing your faith, making a decision to step into a call where there may be sacrifice involved, not for disease name's sake, not for poverty's name's sake, not for flat tires name's sake. In other words, well, you know what? I just, these people at my job just hate me, but I, and I'm suffering and I'm just suffering for Jesus and Bless God, I'll be glorified because they're a bunch of jerks and I'm not. <laughs> now, if you are in a position where you're sharing your faith and you're being persecuted, then yeah. But if, you know, you're just difficult to get along with and you're blaming on them, no. Nah. <laughs> but, but, but think about this for just a moment. All right, so... You got your life to live. You got decisions to make. I submit to you, don't start with, God, what am I supposed to do? Start with, God, who am I? Because what he's doing, get this, Romans 8, 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. See, you're trying to get him to tell you what step to take, and he will. But if it's not birthed out of this sense of, no, I, this, I'm just the kind of person that makes a good decision here. Like if you've ever overcome an addiction, alcoholism or, or any other kind of addiction, it, it, this is a huge factor. If you still see yourself as an alcoholic or if you still see yourself as an addict of whatever, you will be tempted by that and most likely repeat those behaviors or struggle with it. But if you get to a point where you're like, no, I don't, I'm not a smoker. I'm not a this. I'm not a that. I'm not a whatever. Like, it's just, it's just not part of your identity. It, it's amazing how the power oftentimes is broken. Really, if you, just, if you just don't, I'm just not a person that does that. This is not who I am. That is true victory. That is transformation. Not... I've successfully avoided the opportunity to, make the fa to fail today. Uh, that's just legalism. That's self-will. That's the effort of your flesh. And sometimes you need to put forth some self-effort, some willpower, but, the, but that's not victory. That's just a momentary achievement. And sometimes you've got to put forth willpower to give your heart time and, and boundary and margin enough to, to wrestle the truth into where it's deeply planted, that that's not who you are anymore. There's a tipping point. And then we're transformed by the renewing of the mind. And you experience transformation. Anybody ever experienced that? You, you, you're, you know now who you really is. You're just different. You're just, that's just not, I'm just not, that's not who I am. That was who I was. That's not who I am.
That's victory. Amen. You know, it would be great is if we all do it collectively as the body of Christ in terms of who God says the body of Christ is, representing Him, seeing the, the world reached, us walking in power and authority, laying hands on the sick and watching them recover. We've got some growth to do. So I would say this, based on these passages that we read, it's not about getting the right information. It's have the right attitude. In other words, yeah, no, Lord, you. I need you. I need, I need, I need to get in alignment. I need to get my butt straight here and get in alignment with you. Not because I'm scared of you, but because of who I actually am. I'm not living up to the potential that you've made me already. It's not the, it's not the fruit that makes you the glorious child. It's because you're a glorious child that you bear the fruit. And so the work that we do is, okay, now I'm doing this situation. What would a child of God do here? What would somebody that has confidence in this situation do? And, and you're practicing allowing His Spirit bear witness with your spirit that you're His child. He wrote the Bible he said some of these things intentionally. He didn't have to say that kind of stuff. I think about this often. It's like, you know, Jesus could have come here, made the way of salvation open, opened the door to heaven, and stood up there and said, you know, come on, hope you make it. But he didn't. In the meantime, we have this relationship. And even right now, in this moment, right now, in this moment, the Spirit of the living God, is speaking to you, bearing witness with your spirit that you belong to Him, that you're His child. And because you're His child, you have an inheritance. And it's the same inheritance as Jesus. Jesus knows what step to take. He knows which direction to go. He's fully confident in what a human would do in that situation. He's been there. That's, that's part of the beauty of the incarnation is that God limited himself, emptied himself, and always became like us in the, in the manner of flesh. Knows exactly what you're going through. He's been there. He's faced everything you're facing emotionally. Everything. Everything that you're facing, he faced it as a human. He knows He's a high priest touched with the feelings of your infirmities. He knows. Are you with me? He's not distant from you. He's not keeping track of your failures. He's looking at you going, listen, the world is broken. They need to see how good that I am. 2 Corinthians 5, God is pleading through us to go into the world, to help people understand God's not holding your sins against you. You can be reconciled to God. But you're not going to do that if you don't see yourself as a, that type of child of God. We have so many questions that we haven't... The body of Christ has remained in an adolescent state by not getting into the Word and, ex, and exposing our hearts to Him to let him bear witness with our spirit that we're his child. 
we have all these childhood questions and 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 immature thought processes that are not in alignment with who he is because we don't know who we are but when you know who you are your plans will be achieved and it's interesting because your plans will mirror what he would want for you and not just for selfish gain but for the increase of the kingdom so here's your homework when you pray this week start with am I aware that God is bearing witness with my spirit that I'm his child because if I'm his child a lot of the stuff that I'm worried about is already taken care of I mean think about it I see a baby back there it would be weird for that baby right there to worry about if its parents were going to take care of it or not. It's not even entering into that child's mind whether or not their parents are going to take care of it. It's not even a concern for that baby back there. In fact, that thing, that baby, that thing, <laughs> that thing about it, will demand that bottle because it knows that's where I go. Give me that bottle. What you doing? Are you with me? I'm not saying you make demands on God. I'm just saying, have the confidence in the Lord. It's all things are provided. Everything you need for life and godliness is done. Done. But we believe. Allow him to weigh the motives of your heart. And, and, and practice hearing his spirit. Bear witness with your spirit that you're his child. Well, how do I do that? I don't know. That's between you and him. I mean, I know. We'll practice it on the next equip. And I'm not just trying to sell equip. We don't even take up an offering at equip. <laughs> I, I, just, I, just, I just see the Father looking toward the earth, and he's smiling, and he's saying, man, if they just knew who I am in them, if they just knew, it's time to elevate your thinking. Quit beating yourself up. Quit making excuses for living subpar, sub-kingdom par, and let him bear witness with your spirit. Like even right now in this moment, just become aware of that. Even just close your eyes for just a minute. And just turn your attention toward him. And just think about that. The spirit himself is bearing witness with my spirit that I'm his child. And are you confident in that? What is the result of that? What is the fruit of that? And just make the decision. That's where you're going to start when you pray. You're going to affirm your God's child first and foremost until you're confident in that and then proceed. Amen? Amen. Stand up if you would. Um, Cody, can you jump on this guitar? Oh, there he is. Like, don't be touching my guitar. No. He, didn't, he, he, didn't, he didn't say that. All right, Bob, would you come up here, please, if you would? And uh, I know some of you need to slide out, but I, I just want to pray for just a minute. <clears throat> in fact, if, you need, if anybody in the room needs prayer for anything, we do have Bob up here. 
But uh, we'll just pray for each other. If anybody needs prayer for anything, just lift up your hand. Just wave at me. Anybody needs prayer? It's always funny because when we teach on identity, it's like, I've just got to believe for myself. But Tracy, would you go over here? What, raise your hand at me if anybody needs prayer. Would you turn these side lights off, please? We got one in the middle here. Keep your hand up, if you would. Keep your hand up. Somebody waved. Yeah, over here. Over here. A yeah, Andrew. Mike, would you go back over here with Bob? Those of you guys that are around Bob here, just reach up, put your hand on him. Anybody else? Listen, this is a family here. We're the body of Christ. We're here to help and support each other. We're not here to display our perfection. If you need help, prayer is incredibly powerful. Let's leverage our sonship in each other's lives. Let's leverage the power that's in us. We hold each other up. We learn to support each other. Amen. Anybody else back there? Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to gather. We thank you that you're for us. You're not against us. We thank you that we are your children. And if you're, you're here today and you've never said yes, you, you've never been born again, it's very easy. You just be willing to believe that God sent Jesus for you. He died on that cross for you. He overcame death, hell, and the grave to set you free from sin and death. He rose again, and he's offering to live on the inside of you and make you a new creature. You can just choose to believe that today and then spend the rest of your life figuring out what happened to you today. <laughs> so Father, we just thank you. We just nurture your spirit on the inside of us. We just cultivate your presence. You're always with us, but we thank you for that manifestation. Thank you that your spirit is manifesting in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts. You're helping us be confident in who we are. And out of that sense of strength, of identity, we're confident in our decision-making. We're confident in how you would lead us to pray. So, Father, we trust you. We thank you. Thank you that it's not just a legal transaction, that we are servants in your kingdom, but we are children of your family. And your kingdom is for us to enjoy. Your kingdom transcends this dimension, but we are joined to it now. And we say yes. And as we experience it, we partake of your divine nature. And so our task, our assignment is to go into the world and help people know how much you love them. As Jesus prayed in John chapter 17, that, that we would know how one we are with you so that we would go into the world so that they would know how much you love them. Father, thank you for boldness rising up in our hearts. I thank you that your spirit is moving in this room bringing life and healing, touching our bodies, touching our minds. Father, thank you for clarity, for decision-making, because we do want to lean on you for guidance. So we thank you that our path is clear. Father, we trust you. We love you. Just tell him that I trust you and I love you. Because I can trust you, I trust you. Work within me, Lord. Strength to my soul, knowledge to my mind. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust you. We love you. Jesus, we trust you. We love you. Thank you for your spirit manifesting in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.